Hello, so today we're here with, uh, uh, well, Stephen, myself, and Bob Quinn, and Heather Becker-Burngard, and uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, Qigong Twina, what it means, what it is, you know, what people, um, how they experience it, and uh, go from there. So, um, <clears throat> the, oh, I'm being handed a quote to start with. This is one I've... Uh, Oh no, that's I'm looking for the Zhang. Oh yeah, there it is. Zhang Jingyue, a few hundred years ago. This one translated by Heiner Fruhoff, PhD. When diagnosing and treating disease, we must first of all differentiate between yin and yang. This is simply the most important principle of medicine. If the physician correctly differentiates yin and yang, the treatment will never be accompanied by side effects which is saying a lot. Uh, I would go further, but already uh, that's still saying a lot. And then we had another quote from uh, the famous water researcher, uh, Victor Schauberger. A number of books out there in English. Uh, the majority believes that everything hard to comprehend must be very profound. This is incorrect. What is hard to understand is what is immature, unclear, and often false. The highest wisdom is simple and passes through the brain directly into the heart. <clears throat> I say uh, uh, what interests me about that last quote is you could say yin-yang theory divides all phenomena into two. It's not really quite that simple, right. but say that just as a starter. Well, on its face that seems insufficiently sophisticated to be of any use whatsoever in practicing mm -hmm. a, a clinical medicine. That's on its face. <clears throat> but in my experience, uh, say of the last 10 years of my practice, by far, uh, I don't know how long ago, was it six, seven years ago, you first showed me Qigong Twina? Something like that, yeah. Uh, by far the most significant influence in my practice. I have recently, just out of curiosity, done two treatments in the last two weeks that were entirely Qigong Twina. Mm -hmm. I, I used to do entire treatments of Sotai uh, just as a way of building skill, and I could see that uh, doing, setting aside treatments here and there, just uh, Qigong Twina, maybe I, my skill wasn't up to it until now, I'm not mm -hmm. sure why I hadn't done that, but uh, the uh, the clinical outcomes in those two treatments just blew my mind. Right. I, and I, in fact, I told students recently, if you somehow limit me to only two modalities that I can practice, you can keep the needles. I'm keeping Maksa and Qigong Twina. Mm. Uh, and with those two, I would do better work than if I'm limited just to needles and Maksa right. or needles and Sotai or, or whatever. Um, and I'm very clear that I'm only scratching the surface of what's there in Qigong Twina. Right. Just with a, a very superficial practice of these deep principles, it's still yielding uh, impressive uh, clinical outcomes, sometimes of very tough cases. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, for me, yin-yang, sure, it sounds 
too simple, oh, you just have two-ness, we could think of it that mm -hmm. way, right? Dividing universe into two-ness or three-ness, you could say the three being the relationship between yin and yang, right. or that inter-transformative uh, moment. But still, even three-ness doesn't seem on its face to be sophisticated enough to be of much use in medicine. But I like that Schauberger quote, it, it's... Uh, not true that the sophisticated stuff is where the real action's at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the first of all. You know, um, Demo Mitchell. He he brings. He has mentioned that quote, like a paraphrasing of that quote, essentially of like making the simple profound, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I think is the beauty of Qigong Tuina is, you know, how how simple of a, I mean, technique-wise, it's really not that, you know, mechanically speaking, it's it's very simple, very simplistic in that sense, mm -hmm. but yet how far-reaching and profound and how deep the changes that it right. engages within the body. Um, what do you think of, um, you know, your unfoldment of Qigong, Twin and your practice in San Heather? Yeah, I mean, to me, I think one of the beauties of it is that it, it is quote-unquote so simple that we can then trust the body right we're not using our minds to say oh well I have to do this this and this and I'm gonna fix the patient we really sit back and say I'm just gonna essentially hold space for the patient and listen to the patient listen to the body and and allow the body to do its own unwinding and to me that's maybe one of the most profound things mm -hmm. about it and i think in that act of listening that's what creates that unfolding so the body can then in its wisdom say oh this is i can release this i can release this i can shift here and mm -hmm. i think also in that piece it's also creating that safety when a patient has when when they have to be on guard because mm -hmm. maybe it's a needle that might hurt maybe it's um you know more deep body work that they are kind of on that edge of this is okay but if the practitioner presses a little bit deeper or moves mm -hmm. a little bit to the left mm -hmm. that's going to hurt they're they're on that their guard they're on that edge and so they can't just fully relax and allow their body mm -hmm. to unwind their you know so to me that's another aspect of qigong twina through the simple motions which the body understands right the body understands breathing the body understands heart rhythms cranial sacral um, kind of the cerebral fluid flu cerebral spinal fluid rhythms um the body can just kind of relax into its own wisdom yeah yeah, that's nice. Yeah, no, also I wanted to hear a little bit more about your opinion with, because you're growing up and on the water so much, mm -hmm. and the the rhythms of, of the water, so to speak, and how that has played into your uh, way of looking at this medicine. Yeah, I mean, I think that, theoretically, in my mind, I think that has played a big part of, you know, the body is... 60-65% water, The I think the lungs are about 80% water, even the bones are 20-30% water, and again it's kind of those simple rhythms, right? We have all these, mm -hmm. um, again the 
the breathing, heart rate, all these rhythms, and they all kind of reverberate and, and interact with each other, mm. right? And so when we can, as a practitioner, lay our hands on a patient and feel those rhythms, um, it's as if you can feel the different tension areas of, oh, okay, this can relax there. And again, not that I'm making the person relax, but by listening, the body can realize that it can release that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, too, again, it, it also comes back to that idea of listening, right, of I'm not just like, you know, being on the ocean, you're, you're really have a lot <laughs> that you don't have control of, right? It's that, uh -huh. okay, the winds are blowing me a certain direction, the waves are pushing me a certain direction, so I have to work within that instead of trying to control those outside forces. And so I feel uh -huh. like that has allowed me to kind of have a, a different relationship with this type of, of medicine maybe than others. This all reminding me of your presentation of your doctoral capstone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, maybe you could say something about your writing and uh, how that plays in here and just the process of sitting down. I mean, we have a maybe an hour conversation here, but you set aside a lot more time than that to really contemplate these issues. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I... So I did uh, my doctoral capstone on Qigong Twina um, in my last year of going to NUNM, National University of Natural Medicine, and it really was a wonderful exploration of kind of living the process, you know, working with both Dr. Quinn and Stephen, learning from them, and then going into the clinic and practicing with patients and and in that process writing down my different observations and findings um, so that's all you know in a capstone presentation or project in the library there but um yeah i mean it's just so many aspects that you know, like one one thing that's coming up right now is the idea that you cannot in my opinion do this work well if you the practitioner are somewhere else if you're mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. planning your weekend or figuring out, you mm -hmm. know, the different stresses in your life, you cannot be present with your patient in the same way mm -hmm. that you can be if, if you block all of that out, all of that out. And even to the point of if you're sitting in a chair that's uncomfortable, that's, mm -hmm. it's going to be distracting, you mm -hmm. know, and so to set yourself up to say, okay, I, I need to first take care of myself, put my worries away, make my body comfortable, so that I can simply, like, my only purpose is to listen to the patient within these rhythms. That's where I've found the most profound work, and, and it is interesting the times when I haven't been quite there, I don't feel like the work is as profound. You know, yes, the mm -hmm. patient probably still feels relaxed, it's not like it's a bad treatment, but it doesn't go as deep. Um, so that's like one example of of a realization that I came to through that year-long process of being very conscientious of of kind of writing of, of mm -hmm. yeah writing down the different experiences that I had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's um, you know in Qigong there's this principle they talk about listening the li the ability to listen that you so hi nicely highlighted. You know they talk about that as uh, ting is the Chinese term. 
and in, in whether you are treating somebody else or working with yourself in, as in the Qigong practice, <clears throat> it ultimately always comes down to the ability to listen to the skill of tinging into your own body or into you know whatever you're doing. And that is really the key skill, in my opinion, to be able to um, change something, right? So there's this principle that they say you first have to ting, listen, then the next process that it will engage is this process of sung, which is this release process, this unfirming process, right? <clears throat> and that leads to hua, which is transformation. Uh, and that is the key thing. It's not you know, this magic point here or this magic technique there or something like that or duration even, right? Like in personal practice, Qigong practice, you know, like people ask like, how long do you have to practice? Well, if you can actually ting properly, if you can actually have that skill of listening into yourself or listening into the activities that you're doing and then uh, you don't, you know, you, it's not about the, the quantity of time, it's really the quality, you know, that you are engaging with, right? Uh, that uh, is a key piece in Qigong Twina that you have to, ultimately, I think that's where mastery comes into play, is like, how, how well do you think? How well do you listen into somebody, right? Or into the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thoughts, Quinn? So early in studying this with you, I had a, a patient, she, I don't know how she got my name, but this was maybe the fourth treatment. She just was someone who was doing facials and I don't think she did hair. I think she mainly was doing facials and so standing a lot, moving uh -huh. over chairs and just wanting... Uh, uh, what my so tight teacher Peter calls, you know, fill it up, check the oil treatments, uh -huh. and just get her feeling good again. But then one day she came in and her right arm, she woke up that, that very day, she had zero <laughs> range of movement available. A truly frozen shoulder, not, not an inch of movement. And I thought, oh, <clears throat> well, it was a perfect instance to... And the, the whole time, well, I'd say... 80% at the time, I think I, I did a meridian therapy root treatment also. Mm -hmm. But I, I just worked from uh, her right wrist. And with, you know, months of follow-up, she left that day with 100% of her normal range of motion restored. She couldn't believe it because she was totally panicked. And I thought, wow, this is just, you know, sometimes frozen shoulder, uh, you know, just pops in suddenly like that. That's what really uh, propelled me along because I thought I could have put 30 needles in that arm mm -hmm. and shoulder. I could have done a sideline treatment so I could get the front, the pecs, and the back. and all. I could have gotten everywhere. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have gotten that kind of release. I'm absolutely positive that nothing I knew at that point could have done what I was able to do even as a raw beginner with the mm -hmm. Qigong Twina. And so, uh, over uh, the years, I've <laughs> had cases like that. I can remember another woman, she was, uh, could only speak Spanish. She was, had a lot of health problems, uh, poorly controlled diabetes, heart problems, uh, morbidly obese. But three years before, she'd had a stroke, 
she didn't even care about getting use of her right arm back. She just had just unremitting pain in it. That was mm -hmm. her only thing. And it was very hard to get the arm back after three years of, uh, of being Post useless after yeah. a stroke. And uh, <clears throat> just would, in a typical treatment, and I had students with me, I would put in two scalp needles, Dr. Jew, that gives you a little bit more to play with. But no way is that going to be enough to get the arm back. It, she came back after the, and so what I had uh, the students, they put in LI-11, stomach 36, and the two scalp needles. And then the whole time I was doing Qigong Tuna on mm -hmm. the right arm. Mm -hmm. I had never explored it in my Dr. Ju's training because he has a way he wants you to do his, his Taoyin kind of protocol. Mm -hmm. um, but well, what we discovered with this woman, uh, and again, she was not the healthy candidate, is that uh, she came back uh, the next week for a second treatment. She said for three days she had no pain. It just blew my mind. And the students, it blew their minds. So <clears throat> then we did the same thing again, and she comes back in the next week and says, I, I could start using my arm again for cutting vegetables. Well, for three years she hadn't been able to do anything, not even wipe her nose or mm -hmm. uh, anything. It just was blowing my mind. And <clears throat> one more treatment, also very good outcome, just a progression. But then I was away, a different supervisor came in. And we saw that this wasn't just a, a very responsive patient because they put the scalp needles in, but they didn't do any Qigong Tuna. Mm -hmm. They did some different body points. And when I came back, uh, I think it was away at a seminar or something, I came back the next week, and the woman, who had never been to acupuncture before, she was just so disgusted that she hmm. lost a whole week uh, <laughs> because that treatment had done absolutely nothing for her. Right. And because she had never had acupuncture before, she thought it was just magic. It always works this way. Right. It's like this impossible thing is made better <clears throat> by one treatment or two or three treatments. So that's where I said, wow, this... Uh, has real potential in the treatment of, uh, you know, stroke uh, sequelae. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, uh, mm -hmm. I haven't been able to explore it a lot. There's a current patient on one of my shifts and has been very impressive uh, with her as well, not as much so as with this Cuban woman. Yeah. But sometimes you get these clinical cases that just stand out in your mind and I think that they're given to us so that we, it kind of, by unseen help, to make sure we walk this path. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing, I, I was already pretty good with Dr. Ju's system because I spent a whole year studying with him. Uh, <clears throat> and I knew what I could get from that. Mm -hmm. And this was so much more. Mm -hmm. This was, this was uh, just so much more. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that even though you're, say, just working on the wrist for an arm, um, and, and I like the idea that we've all talked about with the biotensegrity, like, yes, you're working one part of the body, but through all of the fascial connections, right. it's a whole body effect, right? Mm -hmm. And you're working with the nervous system <clears throat> of the whole body, which relaxes the whole body, it, it affects the fascia of the whole body, it helps the blood flow and the lymph, and so there's just this bigger picture than what 
kind of first meets the eye when maybe you're looking at a treatment saying, oh, they're just working on the wrist, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I feel like that's one of the things I notice a lot is really how it, it calms the nervous system, right? Um, I actually had a Parkinson's patient. I only saw her once because she had progressed enough that it was really difficult for her to make it into mm -hmm. the clinic really anywhere. But she came in and she was aggravated by trying to get to our clinic and very had a lot of tremors. And after doing an initial intake and laying her on the table, within 10 minutes of doing Qigong Twina, her tremors were gone. And it was one of those of, mm. that is so profound when I did this very simple treatment and, and her whole being just opened up. Um, and, and it, you know, it wasn't just the tremors, it was a, an opening of kind of that Shen coming out, uh, which was pretty amazing. And then I have another Parkinson's patient who I see pretty regularly and, you know, he's just constantly raving about how this, he's better now than he was a year ago because mm -hmm. we're working the body kind of through the fascia, through the nervous system. And, and not only is his arm more functional, because he get, in his case it's, it's really his left arm that's the most bothersome, but again his whole being is better, his blood pressure is down, his mood is better, he's more active, I mean he'll come in and say, oh my gosh Heather, I, I was playing on the floor with my grandkids, like mm -hmm. I couldn't do that a year ago. Mm -hmm. and. And you haven't even been working on that, <laughs> you know. And so I find those are you know some more examples of how profound and how rewarding mm -hmm. this work can be. Yeah. So here's a challenge that I usually have when when talking about qigong twina. You can't. Somebody can't. You you meet somebody new and they ask you, "What is you know you know you like? Oh, I do qigong twina." And they're like, "Yeah, what is it?" And you have to explain it to them. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. what's your guys' take on... <laughs> well, let me say something, because there, there's another Qigong school, and they teach something they call Qigong Twina, and I got a treatment from a, someone who went through the whole certificate program, and it was really nothing but Twina with, you would say, a Qigong sensibility, mm -hmm. trying to be aware of how's the chi moving, but it was, you know, the same wrist rolling kind mm -hmm. of and palm pressing stuff you would find in regular Chinese medical twina. Uh, and I have to say it was just so uh, ineffective and not all that pleasant and just pure protocol. Do this for five minutes, this for ten minutes, this for seven minutes, then the next move, then the next move. This is how you treat insomnia, different protocol, this is how you treat low back pain. So there are things out there with the same name, Qigong Twina, right. that makes uh, your mission, Stephen, mm. even more challenging because uh, you could call this, we've played with different know, names. other names like yeah. yin-yang channel pulsing, mm. um, you could put the ten tensegrity word in there, mm. yin-yang tensegrity work. Uh, we didn't discuss that, and that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> okay, all you listening, that's mine. <laughs> um, but I, I usually resort myself to Buckminster Fuller and his 
he didn't talk about yin-yang, but he talked about uh, all these, uh, maybe you call them polar pairs. He would say mm -hmm. tension and compression always and only coexist. <clears throat> Gravity and radiation always and only coexist. Concavity mm -hmm. and convexity always and only coexist. Concentration and diffusion always and only coexist. He's just saying yin and yang always and only mm -hmm. coexist. And he's saying that wherever you look in nature, yin-yang is what's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and so right. this is, in that sense, I think of, of Bucky Fuller as just a, a kind of a saint of Taoism. Right? Look at his mission. Discover nature's organizing principles and turn them to the advantage of all of humanity. Well, that's pure Taoism. Mm. Uh, and this focus on yin-yang, although he didn't call it that, uh, so that's what I try to tell people. This is uh, in the same way that he's lining out all these yin-yang pairs, we can find yin-yang happening in the body. It can happen outside and it happen in the inside environment as well. We're trying to work with listening to the flux of yin and yang mm -hmm. and working uh, with it. Uh, I also quote Dr. Chin from NUNM, one of our mm -hmm. teachers, in the first meeting of the uh, International Society for the Study of Classical Acupuncture, he said, the essence of acupuncture is this, find where the chi is stuck, do something to get it moving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and you are going to encounter those stucknesses with this kind of qigong twina, with the other kind I described from the other qigong school, you could go through their whole body and you're going to, in all likelihood, miss all those, uh, or most of those stuck areas. So it's, my explanations always come back to nature, to these uh, the, the dance of yin-yang being everywhere, and saying this is a simple uh, body work. Simple doesn't mean not profound, just like that original quote. Mm -hmm. uh, the simple is where you find the profound. Um, lately I've been thinking about Thomas <clears throat> Merton. There's one quote where he says, how I, pray, how I pray is breathe. Mm. Well, that's a yin-yang rhythm, the respiration you mentioned, Heather, earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and so I like to say the Qigong Twina can be practiced with that sort of prayerful awareness, just the sacredness of life. Um, sacred not thrown out as a religious word here, but just this sense that uh, its nature is so exquisite. and. Mm -hmm. To have that uh, reverent awe towards mm -hmm. it. it, I liked when Heather was describing, you know, the watery nature of the body, and you know, being able to connect in that deep listening. Uh, um, the you almost need to have that sort of reverent awe mm -hmm. to come in, or your mind's going to wander. Mm -hmm. You have to right. see that this is just a, an amazing gift to be able to. Uh, do this sort of healing work. But it is, Stephen, tricky to explain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grab the wrist and I say, watch. <laughs> Mechanically, it looks simple, right? Right. There's a little compressive force, there's a little lengthening force. And, and say, there's more to it, but I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I might, it might, might look different in the neck, it might look different in the abdomen or on the back, but it's still the same thing. We've got shortening, lengthening. Yeah. Um, 
Spreading gathering. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> my latest favorite terms, I guess. And <laughs> mm-hmm. what's your? How do you approach that? Yeah, I feel like I tend to when I'm explaining it to patients, um, kind of start a little bit more on the physicality of it. So you know, I say I'm gonna start holding your hand and I'm going to start pulsing your wrist so there's going to be an expansion contraction at your wrist and as your wrist starts to open up that's going to start pulling on the fascia say in the middle of your forearm Mm -hmm. as that starts to open up that's going to start pulling on the fascia in your elbow Mm -hmm. and that's going to work up your arm Mm. and you know potentially go up into your neck into your ear into your chest you know there's lots of potential places you're going to feel it it might you might feel it in your toe you know because it's a body-wide experience um and i also explain how through the rhythms the body can relax into this kind of safe place um and get a sense of you know, maybe the contraction is a little uncomfortable, but then the expansion is a relief. So there's this kind of, there's a difference potentially, right? And so the Mm -hmm. body starts saying, okay, it's not constantly uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And so the body can kind of, okay, yes, there might be a moment of discomfort, but then there's a moment of ease. And Mm -hmm. so they, they can kind of relax into that rhythm that there will be a change and there will be a positive change coming. And so that helps people, you know, kind of settle in. I also talk about kind of the ideas of proprioception versus interoception and how we can know where our hand or our foot is in space. That's the proprioception. But this work helps us build the interoception where we have an understanding of what it feels like inside our body. And Mm -hmm. so with time, as things start opening up, that expansion contraction draws our attention to areas of of more hypertonicity but then as that starts to open we're aware of that you know so i kind of try to explain these different pieces and i also share that from my experience both as a patient and as a practitioner it often puts them into this kind of meditative state and they're typically not asleep but they're definitely not fully mm-hmm. conscious. And in that, you know, I tell them that they might feel some, a shake or a tremor, that's all normal. They might mm-hmm. feel their belly, you know, so I kind of just try to walk them through their potential mm-hmm. experience of it. I, I maybe get into the theory. I don't usually go into the yin-yang very often, mm-hmm. although I like that idea. Um, but I feel like it kind of gives them something to hold and then they kind of relax into it and so that's usually my typical approach to the explanation how about you steven well you know basically that's why i'm speechless you know because like (laughs) like that's essentially i always keep stumbling over it and i can't explain it to them but again (laughs) the key piece is like you just gotta experience it, right? <laughs> once, you, once they feel it, I was like, oh yeah. And then once you you work up their arm or their leg or something like that, and you're like, now how does this leg compare to the other leg? And they're like, usually then it's like, wow, it's more alive, it's more longer, it's more relaxed, it's heavier, it's more. You know, they have all these different descriptions, but you know, the the theory, the theoretical explanation and so on, it's it's just it I I it just doesn't give it justice, you know, mm-hmm. I just is so abstract 
and when they feel it, it's like it's so profound. I mean, so many people, it, it just you know, always come like, "What did you do?" All right, that question comes up very commonly. Like, what are you doing? Because I can, you work on my foot or something like that, and I feel it's something shifting over in, in their shoulder or neck where the abdomen is releasing. All right, the pain is subsiding or something like that, and it's it's just so profound in that sense, right? And that's, mm -hmm. you know, it, again, with these arts, uh, experiential understanding is is truly the, the only way to really mm -hmm. make it, give it some, some, some foundation of, of you know, exp, you know like understanding it, in my opinion. Yeah, because even watching it, right, you'd be like, come on, that's it's, bad. It's, I can't do anything. It's boring, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but to feel it. Yeah, my observation shifts at school when I do this for <laughs> 20 minutes. I just apologize up front to the students, the five students watching. I said, this is going to be like watching paint dry. <laughs> you know, this is just yeah. not a whole lot to see. But then the patients come back and they say, Will you do that thing in my neck where you weren't really doing anything at all, but it just did everything, made everything magically better? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so the students are actually fascinated uh, with this, and it just, uh, there's just not, well, you two have to finish your book. Yeah, <laughs> yes. There are no good resources, you know. Uh, I think Bruce Francis has taught <clears throat> once this last summer, and that's the only time in the last 10 years that I think mm -hmm. he had a class in this. And uh, I think mm, you're pretty much the only one putting it out there. Yeah, at the moment it seems like that. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll have some more people, you know, sharing this. Because I think it's, it's an underutilized uh, uh, modality of Chinese medicine. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely needed, you know, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I would say a potential challenge of it is that, and like we talked about this briefly, that you don't. It's not necessarily the time that you need, but I feel like in some practices, it's a very fast-paced mm -hmm. model, right? If you're seeing true two patients an hour, you have two rooms going at the mm -hmm. same time, and you're doing an intake first. Not that you can't use this, but I don't think you can go quite as deep as if right. you have a full hour to really open things up, or at least if you're going to do it for a half hour, you want the intake to be incredibly short, you want to spend at least 20 minutes doing it, and you want them to be coming back regularly, right? But mm -hmm. I feel like that's one it's just a reality of it, right? It needs, the more time you have and the deeper you can go in that time, the more profound it's going to be, especially a new patient where there is a lot of tension throughout the mm -hmm. fascia and the channels and, and you're really having to open things up. There's kind of a more physicality maybe initially, right? And then as mm -hmm. that starts getting open, then you can do more into the energetics. Um, so it's just something to kind of have in the back of all of our minds of, okay, how can we structure our practices so that, not that it, this has to be the only way that we treat patients, but so that we can create this as a, as a potential mm -hmm. modality. Mm -hmm. When I have just a little time, I go, go for the wrists. Uh -huh. 
Uh, then my next place I go is the toes. Mm -hmm. And then the third place is the ankles. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I, I, I the neck has got to be in there somewhere. But I have other things I can do in the neck, tation mm -hmm. work or Traeger or something else. But because you got P7, heart 7, lung 9 at the wrist, and those are the source points, mm -hmm. somehow if you get the good opening there, it's pretty amazing, especially just tracking pulse. The pulse quality changes are mind-blowing just from mm -hmm. doing, say, three, four, five minutes on, on each wrist. Uh, it continually uh, blows my mind. So that, <clears throat> at my current level of studentship, that's that's kind of my list to go through. Right. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I mean, yeah, sure you. But sometimes I only have five minutes, ten minutes of time with mm -hmm. them, and then, you know. Uh, doing that even with the with some needles in you know making you know you start working it gently it can it can make still huge shifts and in fact a lot of times when I have somebody in and they're resting with some needles in them or something like that and you know and you just add a little bit of the pulsing it just it, I, I find it accelerates all those other treatments as well you know the yes. needle work and so on it's, it's just it's quite useful in that sense now, if you have that, you know, if you are able to 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 do that, have that time, I think it's it's really, yeah, worthwhile to use it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and I do agree that doing it in conjunction with acupuncture is a nice combination. Right. Mm -hmm. it, to me, I I kind of think of it as like that idea of like, okay, now we're we put the needles in and now we're connecting to a, a greater source, if you will, like a battery or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, but it's just, I feel like it stimulates the needles mm -hmm. in a very gentle way. It's not electrical stimulation. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, manipulation of the needles, which a lot of people in this country don't respond well to because it's too aggressive. Um, so I totally agree with that, that that's often an approach that I'll do mm -hmm. with patients. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because then afterwards I oftentimes take the needles out, and then I continue with the the pulsing the qigong twina, and they're still like, are they still needles in there? Because mm -hmm. they kind of can still feel that response <laughs> happening through those areas, right? I oftentimes think of it. Yeah, I like the way you're like hooking it up to a greater source. I sometimes think of like the needles kind of shaping the directionality of how the chi flows through the body and then just the pulsing just creates movement, mm -hmm. right? And so the needles kind of direct it in a certain way, up or down, in or out, whatever it is, of those yin-yang uh, polarities, right? And then the, just the qigong twina just gets it moving, right? And then the body will adjust accordingly, mm -hmm. yeah. Do we have time to go into this kind of two post, or I don't know where we are in our time in terms of... I, I have no idea when we started, but... What time sure. did you arrive here? Um, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I think it was like 4, I think I got here at like 4.10, so yeah, maybe I got so in here at 4.10. We're 50 minutes into this, we have a little bit of time? Sure, sure. So when I came back last fall, from I was in Chicago at the Zen Shiatsu annual conference. I hadn't even looked at the roster at the schedule. I thought I was landing and going to teach the next day, but it turned out I had a, a I wasn't going to teach for three days. And so I sat through two days of class with Michael Dagro. He's a well-known figure in Zen Shiatsu and Quantum Shiatsu. 
uh, also had a Taoist teacher and studied Chinese herbal medicine. And it turned out to be really uh, my good fortune that I was there and had got to go through that. But when I came back and presented his sinew channel techniques, uh, you just <laughs> you said, that's Qigong Tui now. we just haven't gotten there yet. It's like, so say I have uh, two or three fingers, could be one, but he would usually use two or three. Say I'm at stomach 36 mm -hmm. and 39, but it could be anywhere mm -hmm. on the stomach channel. And really just working expansion. He was kind of into the expansion part more than the yin-yanging of mm -hmm. it. Uh, but uh, I was there with Jeffrey Dan, one of my key mentors. But he and I, we just immediately went into, no, <clears throat> it would be bullying the tissue to go towards uh, expansion. What's happening first is this contractile yin phase, but then, <clears throat> you know, expands uh, beautifully. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, since studying with him, I've played with that uh, so much, especially down there on that uh, stomach line between the knee and the ankle. <clears throat> yeah, I've spent a lot of time studying the Nagano style with the Shimamura Tsuyoshi Sensei. And this idea of treating three points on the stomach line between the knee and the ankle found by palpation the very key in that style. Well, instead of using a tation or needles, you can just use your hands and do qigong on that line, and you get uh, really the same effect. It ends up being quite a bit quicker. Uh, I also often will do uh, moxa on that line. Mm -hmm. But then taking this idea into other parts, you know, you could have very ropey, hypertonic muscles on the back. And instead of trying to work the ropiness, you know, just set up somewhere in the bladder channel, maybe above it and some below mm -hmm. it, and just between the hands with the listening, you know, get with the yin-yang rhythm going on in the tissue. And it's just uh, astonishing what happens with that ropiness. Now, you could have put in five needles on each side, you know, bladder points, uh, and it wouldn't be half as good a release mm -hmm. as you get from uh, doing this. Mm -hmm. So that really blew my mind and made me understand, really, Qigong Trina is just yin-yang medicine. They're just principles that can be uh, mm -hmm. taken and expanded. On my own, I wouldn't have gotten there for a long, long time, this idea, be to just put my two hands somewhere mm -hmm. and get yin-yang going on between them. Mm -hmm. And that has been, in the last year, just a, a profound area of uh, growth for me in my practice. Yeah, I mean that, uh, again, if only your own creativity is the only limitation, really, truly just applying it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, finding how, I mean, yin-yang, it's, it's everywhere, it's mm -hmm. always. And if you can, you know, discover it, right, whether it's the two-pointedness or pulsing in one joint or, or something like that, um, you know, I, I I feel like I'm such a beginner at this at this practice, um, the Qigong Tuina, just because of that. Because every time I talk, have conversations with other people, I'm like, oh, you know, like you know, of course, you know, like <laughs> there's a, and that's the beauty I think of 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 this medicine is, you have these principles, right? And if you can just you know delve deeper and deeper into the principles, you know. Who knows where we'll end up in, you know, in, in 20, 30 years with doing this medicine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful to see. Um, 
I mean, uh, just with the cover, you know, you you having shared with your students, and you know, I mean, you're the only one who really. I mean, I don't. I mean, I teach it to a few, but my classes are relatively small. You expose a lot of students to it, and then you know, I, I do hear some feedback from from those students coming in and so on. It's it's just amazing how um, how how far it's gone. So even yeah, just the toes. We have patients who come in with horrible plantar fasciitis, mm -hmm. and I just put students who have never done it before on exactly. their toes, you know, one on one foot, one student on the other foot, let's say two minutes per toe, stay on the same toe. Yeah. And you, when you're on the pinky toe, you're on the pinky toe. And mm -hmm. it's amazing, the patient come back in and say, well, 70% of the pain was gone and that was there for three months and it had resisted all kinds of acupuncture treatment and massage treatment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the stu it, it gets the students attention and that's what I like about it too because I mean yeah sure quality of, of listening the tinging and whatnot is, 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 is a trainable skill and so on but I often get you know students come in and ask me like can I can I learn this in you know a short amount of time or do I have to you know study this for very long and like I'm like no you know like even a short short introduction into it just get going on it you make changes. You will definitely make changes with people, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I love about it as well. How scalable it is in that sense. And your your literal hands will change, mm -hmm. just from pulsing lao gong open and close, yeah, over and over. Uh, I remember one whole day seminar here. I just couldn't believe my hands at the end of eight hours of doing. Qigong Tuna is like a indistinguishable from a six-month-old baby butt. Right. Like, right. <laughs> not that that was my goal. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it makes your needling that much yeah, better to have the, the build sensitivity in your hands. Uh, it's an old, I've just discovered it's an old Shinto practice they call uh, Gashio Gyoki. This idea of you know, prayer position hands and opening and closing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, Gyoki is fundamental movement. Okay. Well, yeah, what yeah, could yeah. be more yin yang? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Gasho, just the prayer position hands. Yeah. Uh, this comes out in the, the book that Kishi Akinobu. Okay. Wrote. I'm looking forward to that book. Right. Have I told you about that before? I've read it three times now, and I'm going to meet. Uh, his co-author Alice on July thirteenth okay. in uh, Olympia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think it's probably it's hard to understand what's going on with this Seiki practice. But I think once I see it and experience, I'm going to say, "Oh, this is Yin Yang medicine." Mm -hmm. <laughs> he calls it the technique of no technique. Uh -huh. well, that's what you're just saying. You, yeah. you, if you have the principles, you can do all kinds of things with Yin Yang. Right. 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 The book called uh, Seiki, S-E-I-K-I, -I. then there might be a subtitle. Okay. Um, so he was someone who spun out from Zen Shiatsu, went through a, this uh, kind of Shinto unwinding purification period and came out the other side with this mm -hmm. very different kind of therapy, still a touch therapy uh, uh, that defies definition. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been very curious about it. Hmm. Interesting. Good. So after, I mean, you've been now doing this uh, well a long time, but you know, 
this year of doing some, I mean, I was venturing off into other things as well, the Qigong Twina this year. Mm -hmm. what, what's your take on, on just the progression of things? Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of neat because I started, you know, learning from you, Dr. Quinn, and, and not having a lot of experience. I mean, I was a body worker, so I had I had some, but um, I kind of learned the Qigong Twina first, and then I've now taken your two-year class in mm. Qigong and this last year with Qigong Twina. And while I don't think that the Qigong is necessary, like you, you can do a lot without it, it's been fun to, through doing the two-year Qigong classes, mm -hmm. I have a much greater sense of my own body. So when I'm doing mm -hmm. this, I feel like I can just communicate in a deeper way. You know, Stephen, mm -hmm. you're always talking about, okay, if you're, you know, wanting to communicate, say, a downward motion to the body, you don't just do it with your fingers, you do it with your whole being, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of having that just better interoception, better proprioception, better understanding of how all of my own fascia works and feels. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a, a greater connection with my patients, and so mm -hmm. it's kind of been fun to experience both ways, right, of, okay, this is what it's like not knowing that Qigong and then adding the Qigong in, and I do think it is, it just takes you to a deeper level mm -hmm. um, if you if you can explore that. Um, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, it just keeps, it's just this whole world, this whole universe that, you know, you dive into of, wow, there's so many possibilities, like we're talking about really, it's endless, you know, it's kind of mm -hmm. that idea of, okay, you can give someone a recipe and they can follow it step by step, but then once they go beyond that recipe, they can take any ingredient and create a masterpiece, you know, and, and it's, it's really, um, you know, there's plenty of times when I'm like, I've never done this before, but let's try it, and oh, mm -hmm. wow, that worked really well, because that's what the patient needed, and it's, mm -hmm. or, you know, in a certain position of I can't get to that part of the table because of whatever, maybe the patient's mm -hmm. in a wheelchair or, or whatever, and it's like, well, okay, mm -hmm. let's try this, and because you have that understanding, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's kind of a fun process, right, and, and then to still get all the benefits from the patients. Yeah, yeah I think we will probably have uh, more of these conversations, I hope. I yeah. hope so too. Yeah. Um, and if, if people have qu questions, you know, just email us on the on the website, uh, stevenetmukudi.net, or, yeah. Just give one. Yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Qigong Twina, and, and I, I'm sure we'll have lots more conversations about this. There's more to be said. Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, thanks for including me.